Most of the world doesn't share your opinion. Warning. Proceeding without caution will bring you into spoiler territory for the media displayed on screen. Timestamps are gifted in the description and comment section. Viewer discretion is advised. If media property exists, there is most likely merch of it. We all know this happens, and our favorite Batfellow wasn't able to escape from it. If you do a quick Google search for Batman merchandise and go to images, you can see how much capitalism hit the Playboy billionaire. But today, I want to talk about a specific merchandise line. A merchandise line that came out with three full-length animated straight-to-DVD films in order to promote itself. That merchandise line was the Batman Unlimited Toys. Now, there was originally a line of toys with the same name back in 2013, but after it became discontinued, Mattel produced a line of action figures under that name in 2015. And to promote them, they created three animated films and 33 animated shorts that all came out around 2015 to 2016. I won't be going over the animated shorts, but from my understanding after reading the wiki and IMDb pages, they have no dialogue at all and are loosely based on the movies, timeline-wise, but some of them seem to conflict with actual things in the movies, so I don't think they pulled a Disney and used them to explain context outside of the movies. And even if they did, I wouldn't fucking count them anyways. But enough talking about shit that doesn't matter, let's talk about what does matter, and that's the four-hour ad that was spanned across an entire year. Animal Instincts was released on May 12th, 2015, and follows a pack of animal humans doing various crimes that eventually lead to Batman, voiced by Roger Craig Smith, Nightwing, voiced by Will Friedel, Red Robin, voiced by Yuri Lowenthal, Green Arrow, voiced by Chris Diamantopoulos, and Flash, voiced by Charlie Shatler, having to stop them. Soon finding out that they're all led by the Penguin, voiced by Dan Snyder, who I know him as Shake from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> him and tell me there's a god and the penguin's plane is to blow up gotham because his feelings are hurt yep his motive is just like returns but more basic this time but don't get me wrong i don't think this movie is bad the human animals in here are silverback voiced by keith last name i'm not even gonna bother trying to pronounce who's fine i guess i like how he sometimes speaks in reddit big brain there's also cheetah voiced by laura fucking bailey but Sadly, there really wasn't anything memorable about her character. <laughs> Manbat's also in here, which is dope because I love Manbat and he does his usual Manbat thing. 10 out of 10. And finally, we have Killer Croc, voiced by John DiMaggio, which was actually pretty dope. The heroes are all great in their own ways. I don't have much complaints about any of them. If anything, it's just all positives, especially the chemistry between all of them being really good. Also, I like the Batman Beyond-esque suit that Batman wears at the beginning of the movie. In fact, this whole universe kind of gives me Batman Beyond vibes. Batman names a robotic dog that turns into a motorcycle ace and they got Nightwing to be voiced by the dude who voiced Terry McGinnis. Speaking of Nightwing, his design is a small negative for me. It doesn't impact how I feel about the movie, but I'm just not a fan of the hair. I can see it as kind of a tribute to the new Batman adventures, but even then, I didn't like the hairstyle that Nightwing had. Penguin's motives are basic and somewhat laughable. He's kind of dope sometimes, but overall, he just comes off as an insecure incel. This evening is at an end. One other negative I have towards the movie is that there's this kind of side plot that barely ever shows up where, like, some of the cops are after Batman, but it's 
never really explained why. And he's friendly with Gordon in some scenes. The cops don't seem to have a problem with him in others, but you get dialogue that strictly states that they're on the hunt for him. Hey, you see him tonight? Sorry, not tonight. You've got no sign of the Batman. It's, it's weird and it's just bad writing. Also, they use the same stock cheetah sound effect like 10 to 20 times throughout the entire film. Other than that, it's kind of dope and entertaining. The third act and just the fights in general are nothing special, but the chemistry between the characters really help it. Yeah, it's a good movie. Monster Mayhem was released on August 18th, 2015, and follows pretty much the same plot as Animal Instincts, only instead of animals, it's monsters. So instead of a gorilla, a cheetah, penguin, and giant crocodile, this movie has Solomon Grundy, voiced by Fred Tatasciere, Silver Banshee, voiced by Carrie Wooer, Scarecrow, voiced by Brian T. Delaney, Clayface, voiced by Davey Mitchell, and the one and only Joker, voiced by Troy Baker. The movie follows Solomon and Banshee breaking out of Arkham, going for a joyride, almost getting defeated by Batman, Nightwing, Red Robin, and Green Arrow, who are all voiced by the same voices as in the last movie, but ends up winning until they're defeated by Scarecrow. Soon enough, a teenager who's really got a video game gets kidnapped by Clayface, and then after Solomon Grundy is just a wholesome pizza man for a moment, we find out that the group is all led by Joker, who plans to take over Gotham by hacking all the AI and then later deciding to take over the entire world. Because yes, that's what Joker does. Obviously, all the villains are defeated like they usually do, and all is fine. Oh yeah, Carrie Payton is in here as Cyborg! They'll interface nicely with the propulsion upgrades. Propulsion? I can fly? Okay, so is anyone planning on telling me that Ezekiel from The Walking Dead is pretty much the definitive voice of Cyborg, or was I supposed to find that out in an hour-long toy ad myself? My god, did it feel so good to finally hear the voice of Cyborg from something mostly serious for once. Seriously, the last time I heard him in anything serious was in the original Teen Titans, and since then I've just had to constantly hear him in fucking Teen Titans Go, so this felt so refreshing. And while we're on the subject of the voices, let's talk about them in this movie, because uh, I got some shit to say. So starting off, Fred Solomon Grundy is completely fine. Actually, it's really great. Grundy, good actor. He ends up just being this uwu soft boy wholesome hours for the entire length of the movie. I love him so much. Brian T. Delaney as Scarecrow was overall pretty good. And yet, in the end, it all comes down to us confronting ourselves. I definitely prefer Dino Android and John Noble more, but I thought Brian brought his own spin to it, and as I said, it's pretty good. I don't really have anything to say about Karis's performance as Silver Banshee, because this is honestly the first time I'm ever hearing of the character, so I, I don't really have anything to compare it to. But the biggest voice issue that I have is Dave B. Mitchell's Clayface. Well, the industry isn't for everyone. It's just not good. He's not a bad voice actor. It's just the voice isn't Clayface. When I think of Clayface, I think of that low-pitched voice from Arkham City. The role of a lifetime. I don't think of him sounding like a normal fucking human being. It's really jarring, but it's not the worst thing in the movie. No, no, no. The worst thing in this movie is how fucking goofy it is. It's like they wrote in the Joker and thought, well, we got the Joker. Guess the whole movie's gonna have a bunch of jokes and get really weird sometimes. Like, like, no. You, you, you can have the Joker in your movie and still be serious. Look at Dark Knight, Dark Knight Returns, The Killing Joke. 
Hell, even his fucking self-titled film. Just because he's this insane, crazy character doesn't mean the whole movie's gotta go into this heroin-fused trip during the third act where Batman rides a robotic dinosaur in a virtual world. No, I am not making that up. That actually happens, and it happens at the same time while Cyborg is hacked by the Joker and is trying to kill the other heroes. What did we learn from Caped Crusaders and Batman Forever? You can't be serious and campy at the same time. The only time I can think of that working is in an anime. And this isn't a fucking anime. I'm sorry, but I just don't see Batman with his titties out fighting a titties out Joker in the middle of the schoolyard while Robin goes on a massive speech about how much bigger Bruce's titties are. You're not inferior to Mr. Joker. Your boobs are bigger than his. I saw them. That Batman, he's got a great rack. My whole dead family was talking about them. <laughs> I just want you all to know that I wrote this at fucking five in the morning and I've been laughing at it for the past ten minutes. <laughs> I don't know how to follow it up. I would also like to know, what the fuck are these movies' budgets? Because last time it was the stock cheetah sound effect, this time it's the stock maniacal laughter sound effect. <laughs> Anyways, there's some Killing Joke slash Dark Knight Returns inspiration here, and by that I mean Joker's base is a fucking carnival with a tunnel of love, and Solomon Grundy is in the same position as Joker at one point. Anyways, the rest of the voice acting is great as usual, no need to go in depth there because I've already talked about them before, but overall, I'm just not the biggest fan of this movie. The corny route it takes is just a bit too much for me that it becomes kind of a drag and a headache, and it's kind of also annoying. As I said, it's not a bad movie, but the tone is really fucked and I wish people would understand that the Joker can be serious. For fuck's sake, this movie came out in 2015. Joker was already established as being a fucked up character by then, so I just don't understand the direction taken with this movie, but... whatever. Max vs. Mutants was released on July 24th, 2016, and follows the Penguin, voiced by Dan Snyder once again, tricking Mr. Freeze, voiced by Odin Fear, into freezing Gotham so that he can take over. It's also explicitly stated that it's been a year since Penguin was stranded here at the end of Animal Instincts. Did I deserve this? Being stranded up here for over a year? Which makes everything weird when you have Damien in this movie. As a full-grown adult. I guess you could make the assumption that he was already born way before the first movie, but... I mean, it doesn't matter what conclusion you come up with, because it's all assumptions, because this series doesn't fucking explain anything! Anyways, Penguin and Freeze break into Arkham Asylum and take Clayface and Killer Croc, voiced by Dave B. Mitchell and John DiMaggio once again, Bane, voiced by Carlos, once again another last name that I'm not even gonna bother trying to pronounce, and Chemo, also voiced by Dave B. Mitchell despite him really just making sounds. Freeze turns Croc into Godzilla. Nope. No. Nope. No. Yes. No, 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 no. No. Yes. Mm, yes. Yes. And then Penguin turns the rest of the group into the same size as Croc, so Batman, Nightwing, Flash, Green Arrow, and Damien have to put a stop to them. Flash, Nightwing, and Damien work on a machine to freeze Clayface with the help of Freeze, while Batman and Green Arrow get into giant mech suits to fight Croc, Bane, and Chemo. Wait. Insecure boy? A pet penguin? Giant mechs? Oh, 
all the voice actors who reprise the roles are still good. Davey Mitchell's Clayface is still not the greatest, but there was a tad bit of improvement in here. Odin Farum's Mr. Freeze is... okay, I guess. I wasn't really the biggest fan of his performance, but it's not bad. Carlos Esbane was pretty good, though. And honestly, I like Lucian Dodge as Damien here. Just Damien's entire character with him being an adult this time instead of a little kid makes him really mature for the most part, and I, I really enjoyed him in here. Speaking of character writing, I have some problems with that in this movie. For one, Mr. Freeze is really that easy to just murder all of Gotham and the world. I highly doubt that. Mr. Freeze, to me, has always just been ride or die with his wife, and that's all that matters to him. Yes, he'll kill someone, but only if they're getting in the way of him saving his wife. Other than that, he just wants nothing to do with them, so why would he be so easily keen on murdering a bunch of people and taking over Gotham? Also, if he hates people so much like he says in this movie, how and why the fuck is Penguin living with him for an entire year? Moving on, Nightwing is a dick to Flash, and, and while he was that way in the first movie, it seemed like they were getting on better terms at the end of it, and then now he's just back to hating him. And, and what the fuck happened to Green Arrow? Like, he and Batman used to have such great chemistry between each other, and now Oliver is just such an unnecessary dick to Bruce, and Bruce just gives Oliver the cold shoulder. What the fuck happened? Can someone here explain, please? Also, I guess one year is enough to forgive someone wronging you, except I guess it's not, except I guess it's not, except I guess it's not. Hey, movie! You want to explain why Killer Croc can't forgive Bane, Bane can't forgive Killer Croc, and Cheetah hates Penguin, but Croc is perfectly fine with teaming up with Penguin again and asks zero questions about it, despite Penguin betraying him and leaving him to die in the first movie. Would it help if I gave you an elevator scene, Woo? No, it would not help if you gave me an elevator scene. Well, how the fuck can you talk? I mean, I guess at least the Joker is his usual self. No, you wouldn't forget little old me in your escape plans, would you? Because that wouldn't be funny, if I do say so myself. <laughs> yeah, so this movie is kind of terrible writing-wise, but other than that, it wasn't a painful or bad watch. Just a lot of things were really confusing, inconsistent, and just never explained. Some positives I can give to the movie is that Penguin is actually entertaining in here. He's got some pretty good comedic moments, and him being voiced by Dennis Snyder makes it all the better. Well, Mr. Freeze is crazy, but he's always entertaining. Victor, they are roughnecks. Obviously here to drill, they might have... Here, one of those. Where are my monsters? What are they doing? Ah, here comes one now. And that's all the positives I can think of. I know I just said the writing is kind of terrible and there aren't really many positives, but this isn't a bad movie. It's more just something I coasted through and didn't have anything too memorable about it. Overall, I think these are a decently enjoyable ad. Yeah, they have their ups and downs, but what doesn't? And of course, it doesn't delve into some deep psychology of Batman, but I don't know why you'd be expecting that from a four-hour toy ad. These movies are just kind of fine to throw on if you want to have a bit of fun, especially with the first one. 
That's actually the only one I would recommend. The other two are just meh experiences, and all three of the movies I can see as something you would just kind of throw on for a young child that wants to watch Batman, but you don't think they're old or mature enough for some of the better movies. Overall, they're fine. They're decently enjoyable, but nothing too special. I will say, though, besides one scene, these movies don't even feel like advertisements. They just feel like regular Batman movies, so uh, props to them for that.